Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast, hosted by your boy, Anthony Spada. On today's episode, I am joined by Tyler Bedson. Tyler and I discussed the various aspects of bodybuilding. Um, we discussed the roles of things like patience, um, proper training techniques, the role of environment. Um, we also kind of blend into balance. Um, we go into Tyler... Um, working on his waist control, his breathing. We emphasize the important points of gut health, kind of all these little basics that lead you to be really successful within fitness, bodybuilding, health, etc. So listen to this episode. There's a lot of value in here. If you guys do enjoy this episode, as always, go subscribe to the podcast. Go follow us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Um, if you guys want to go support your boy, Go use code SPADA at morphogennutrition.com to get a saves 10% off all supplements. Let's not waste any time here. Let's welcome on Tyler Betson. Kind of just start things wherever. So yeah. it's like fairly normal kind of do things. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Hey, good. First time, first time of us catching up. So this is like, this is really good, dude. Yeah, so man. long we've been like Instagram friends and now it's like, now I actually get you I started following your progress and you follow me like years ago and it's crazy because like we've kept talking, but it's just, it's cool to see that you've come so far as like a coach and you're taking it serious as an athlete. So that, that's something I always respect. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Trying to, you know, I'm going through a gut protocol right now. It's not like the best. So, yeah. so, you know, that's like, that's actually taking in what, what like a bodybuilding athlete like needs to do, right. Yeah. Is go through those phases where it's not, a, it's not fancy and everything. Yeah. And I haven't prepped yet. So next year though, next year we'll yeah. finally, we'll finally hop on stage. Once I, once I get my gut fully healthy and everything's thing, responsive. Man. So I've had some people work with me for two to four years before I let them even hop on stage and every one of them during the process it's like when am i going to get up there but then when i finally let them they're always like hey thanks man that was worth it i see like why we did that now and and you know it's funny because i, I competed back in 2015 for the first time and i had so many people tell me like you should compete you should compete you should compete and i remember i decided to and i had no idea if i would do well or not but i honestly wish i would have had somebody at that point tell me like hey take some time first to actually do this and then compete. And I think I would have uh, had a much better time, you know, knew what to expect and knew more about the actual sport. But yeah, at the same time, I'm glad I did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly kind of how I'm in, right? So I started with Mark. I mean, I'll be with Mark now for over four years when we kind of go into this. So, so, you know, by the time I prep, I would have been with him now for four years. And we yeah. worked up like the progression ladder. Like I had no clue how to actually train or anything in it. You know, I tell all my athletes, like once you finally learn how to train, then give yourself like two, two, three years. Yeah. It's like, because that's, the actual training portion is what makes it, what makes the progression happen. That's right? the truth. And so, like, and, I have, go ahead. Yeah. I have and, and like, Mm-hmm. I have athletes that start with me and that's the main thing I'm about first is like I make them send me uh, video training critiques for like weeks on weeks on weeks till I fix everything. 
but you know that that's the main part is um some people weren't progressing because they never really learned how to train or hit things perfectly so so that you know the progress comes so once you nail all that everything kind of comes together as far as with the diet and nutrition yeah. everything works synergistically and i think the training is something a lot of people forget to learn how to do um I mean, I've seen guys that I've had that have started with me that are, you know, close to being pro and they have one lagging body part. And then I'm like, hey, send me your videos of you training this. And it's it's just wrong. Like it could be so much better. And it, that's all they needed. That was their missing puzzle piece of just being a pro athlete. And it's wild to see. Oh, see, I always get videos. People always send me videos of like their favorite body parts. Right. And you're like, you have to like beg, you have to beg an athlete to send you videos of like their bad body part. And they're like, well, why is it bad? And you're, and then like you get one glimpse of a video and you're like, ah, I see. I was like, this is why. And you're like, and then you kind of like bring it up to them and you're like, man, we could have been weeks ahead of this at this point. If you decide to like succumb to your ego or get away from your ego and just send me the video, like, because you know, it looks bad. Because majority of the athletes that I have do take videos of almost all their sets, mm -hmm. and but they only send however many, right? Like I see like someone on Instagram post all their sets, but I'll get like two of them, and I'm yeah. like, all right. So so what am I so what am I actually looking at here? So why are not the other ones I see on your Instagram being sent to me? Because there's something off here, or yeah, you only show like the first couple reps of it. But I got like I just signed up like a 16 year old like two like a month ago. And this mm -hmm. kid sends me every single set, like not every single top set, back off set, but he sends me one of each exercise, literally every training session. Yeah, like, that's exactly this is what it's interesting how young people are getting into this now. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. funny to think because I'm, I'm 31 now and I started mm -hmm. in the gym when I was 16, but I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. You know, I'd go in there and I'd, you know, do my best and do some machines yeah. and try stuff out. But now I've got like 16 year olds contacting me and Laura and they, you know, their parents want them to get into bodybuilding. Like they're literally like my mom and dad are supportive of this. Like uh, they'll, they want to know the rates. And I'm just like, that's so different to me because when I was 16 years old, I was playing video games and smoking <laughs> weed. And I, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing and bodybuilding wasn't even a thought. I didn't even know what that was. So it's so interesting to me that now um, how much the, um, atmosphere has changed and, uh, how much bodybuilding has grown because you'll see 16 year old kids, 15 year old kids that know who Chris Bumstead is. And that's like who they want to look like. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, he's only 10 years older than me. That means I'm 10 years away from looking like him. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if you're that, I don't know if you're that close to looking like him whatsoever, but you know, I'm like, but, but starting off, like seeing this kid, like it gives me so much hope towards yeah. the direction of things because there are so many people that look up to someone like Chris and it's mm -hmm. like that can work both positively and negatively, right? Because oh. they see it and they're like, ah, oh, he's only 27, right? Or 28 or something like that. And it's like, he's, he's like he's it's not too, now. that's not, it's not too off, but it's also just like, I think it's all social media is playing a factor in how young people are getting mm -hmm. into it, which is, which is great because I remember myself, man, I was sitting on the couch eating pizza rolls and fucking doing nothing at 16. And I was doing that and I was doing that the first like three years even into lifting 
like I didn't have any of the strategies down no. literally until really I signed up with Mark and got really, really serious about it. And it's like the fact that we have that opportunity to start them off at 16, right? They come to us at 16 wanting to learn how to do it correctly. Yeah. Like it's going to put them light years away. And I really don't care for like, like I care for making them train right, but I'm just like, there's like, ah, oh, should I go down and wait? Should I like make this look cleaner? And I'm like, dude, just get strong. I was yeah. like, honestly, you're in your prime season right now. I was like, I'm putting you on as many barbell movements as possible that you can handle, like as many barbell compound movements, and you're going to fucking get strong. Like, that's yeah. really all I want from you. Like, form might be a little bit off. I'm not going to be nitpicky on those things because no. I just want you to actually lift because you need to look like you need you, you actually lift first. Like, I can yeah. get you to do a cable lat row all I want, but hey, let's put a 120 pound dumb. Let's get up to like a 120 pound dumbbell in your hand doing a row, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what makes a better result out of it. Because I guarantee yeah. the dumbbell is going to do a lot more, a lot more better for well, you than, those than, a lat row, than a lat row on a cable. Yeah, those are stabilizer muscles yeah. that a lot of people forget to work. And you know, building those up along with the tendons early is one of the smartest things you can do. So that's like with a lot of my athletes, I start them off in what I call a mechanical phase, which is basically um, another way of getting rid of the ego and making sure they're controlling the weight with the muscle rather than letting the weight control them. So it's a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, eccentrics, concentrics. I'm teaching that really, really early so that they can make sure they're using the muscle properly. So I'll keep people in that phase for the first sometimes eight to 12 weeks before I go into a phase where I kind of let them unleash, where yeah. we let them push weight and, you know, they're kind of got that proper form stuck in their mind. Mm -hmm. So going forward, the, the growth in the muscle tissue is accelerated because now they know how to use the muscle and then you let them increase weight. There's no more pauses or eccentrics. It's just go. And yeah. the, the, the results from that are astonishing. I, I love to see people doing that because the food is increased, of course. The body's performance is all there, and it's just drastic changes very fast. Oh, dude, that's, like, the incredible thing. This kid messages me, like, every single week. And, I like, he started with me at, like, 18, like 1,600 to 1,800 calories, and he's mm -hmm. at close to, like, 3,000 already in a month. Oh, and yeah, it's, man. like, he's, like... And he keeps dropping like two to three pounds a week. And he's like, how am I dropping two to three pounds a week while you're increasing my food this high? He's like, last time my food was this high, like I was struggling to even perform in the gym or even make progress. And I'm like, welcome, welcome to real bodybuilding here. <laughs> like literally like, welcome to actually doing it. yeah. And he's just like, and, and so like, you're right. When you get them to actually work correctly and the muscle mm -hmm. correctly, and you get someone who has that work ethic, who knows how to push that intensity man, you're going to need the food. And it's just yeah. like, and it's just like body weight will continue to fall off because you're just, you're just building muscle tissue. You're literally just recomping yourself fully. Oh, and dude, it's just going to, and so I'm like, yeah, he's like, last time I got to like 4,500 calories full of junk. And I'm like, yeah, wait till about like four, four to six months from now, you'll be at like 4,500 calories full of like clean food. And your, your parents are going to mm -hmm. hate me for your food bill. <laughs> Yeah, like these, a lot of these kids, and I mean, I admittedly started like this too, you know, I would eat like two meals a day or three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and mm -hmm. I thought it was enough food. And then they'll start with me and, you know, I'll start them off on quite a bit of food, which in, in reality is kind of like a minuscule amount compared to what they could eat. And yep. 
they're like, this is a lot, but my body's changing. I feel better. I'm recovering. I'm stronger. And I'm like, yeah, you weren't eating enough. And drastically, like over time, we increase that food and they just keep performing better. They keep losing body fat. They keep gaining muscle. And like you said, it's a recomp. I just think a lot of people don't understand that food is the most important for performance. And then like you match that with the training and then that's where the results come. Then you start throwing in supplementation further down the road, but you have to nail both of those first and you can get so much progress just off those two alone. And that was like, so, so that's like the one thing, obviously I can't discuss fully because of my job and everything like that. But like we, like I spent the first two and a half years, like just working on training, nutrition, doing oh. it. Like I remember being at eating 4,000 calories a day, getting up to like 200 pounds. Like I pushed up 40 pounds in two years. Mm -hmm. It was, it was nasty by the end of it. It sucked. <laughs> no one likes to eat 4,000 calories a day. I don't care who you are. Like you ain't enjoying that whatsoever. And, and so it's like, but I went through it and I just learned how to actually be a bodybuilder. I think that's, that's the, the overall emphasis for a lot of people is they want to kind of compete, but they don't know how to actually act like a bodybuilder. And this is something yeah. I mentioned yesterday to you, which we want to talk about was us like, there's a lot of simplicity within it. And I think so many yep. people try to complicate, try to complicate this process tenfold and it makes like their stress go through the roof and they won't actually make the progress that they want to make because they just try to look for all these little things that they need to improve and they miss the very yep. much the larger picture of everything and That's in totality. That's like the key to it is a lifestyle, you know, and I, I preach this a lot of times, but I live about 90 to 95% year round. That's just how I like to live. That's my routine. You know, of course I enjoy, you know, a date night with my wife. And, you know, if it, we go to a wedding, I'm going to eat the food. If we have a, something to go to, I'm, I'm not going to miss out on stuff, but I overall make my choices all the time based on bodybuilding, you know? So when I go out to eat, I'm not choosing, you know, the, always the mozzarella sticks and a burger and fry i'm often choosing like you know a steak and some potatoes or something yeah. that i normally would eat chicken and rice you know <laughs> in a, just yeah. a nicer way and i think a lot of people that that's all you really need to do but it's harder for some to live that lifestyle and make those disciplined choices but that's what adds up and i've been doing this god almost it's almost been a decade now and since I started, you know, I've been carrying around a six pack bag and I've been eating my meals all day. And there were some times when I first started where like I struggled to not be a hundred percent, you know, like yeah. if I went out to vacation with my family, I'd be like, I have to bring my meals. I have to eat right now. Like, you know, and over, <laughs> over those 10 years, I've grown a lot as a person because I learned how to balance stuff, but live it how I wanted to do this for my personal goals, you know? And through doing that, I remember my last competition before these recent year was in 2019, so four years ago. Mm -hmm. But from that four years till this year, I put on like 28 pounds of stage weight. Yeah. Which that's, you know, was that seven pounds a year, which is pretty damn good. That's and I think lot. I was leaner, so it might've been even more, but all I did was live about 90, 95%. I wasn't a hundred percent. I took vacations. You know, I would go out for my friend's weddings. I was part of like seven or eight weddings where I, you know, spent the day with them. And I didn't let that stuff affect me. I didn't stress out about it. 
And then I see myself on stage after all that work for those four years. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, that paid off. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> simply just, just checking the boxes and giving effort was all I really needed to do. And that's that's what I try to tell all my athletes, too. I'm like, I don't expect perfection, but I expect effort every day towards your end goal. Yeah, I think this is something that Mark's actually taught me. And this is something that I've just learned since being up here and living with them and like being surrounded by yeah. them is because I was so by myself, like down in Virginia, I really had like a few friends and I was so, I didn't have anything else. So I was like really just locked in a hundred percent on it. And it was like mentally draining and you're, you are mentally drained through it. Like if you are a hundred percent, like try to, but it's like, that's where a lot of people actually fail is yeah. when, they actually do go that 100% all the time yeah. and they don't have that little bit of like fun in life because I'm just like, that's like what we do now. Like I, like I've been on more, but we're going on bodybuilding trips, but it's like, we're going to shows like, like we're traveling here in a few days to go to Easterns in New Jersey. Obviously I'm on my gut protocol. I kind of have to be on, I kind of have to be like a hundred percent. Right. Oh, and yeah. it's like, that sucks, but you know, you, you gotta, you, you adapt and you go. Right. But it doesn't stop me from being able to travel or like we went or we went out and every few weekends, you know, we do hang out and things like that. And we're not like uber stressed. Like we're just sitting around like, hey, did I miss my steps by a few hundred or like five hundred thousand? Yeah. OK, I'll pick it up the next day. It's like, yeah, it's like you can work around these things to where hey, you could still hit your goals and still have fun, because I think so many people think it's like their whole life because it is a lifestyle, but it doesn't yeah, exactly. need to be your whole life in general, well, because I think you miss, out on, you miss out on a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of people think that like, if they're not 100% during the week, they shouldn't check in. And I'm like, no, that's, that's part of my job as a coach is like to kind of guide you through that and help you make better decisions as you go. But you know, if I don't know about things, then I can't teach you how to better do it. And yeah, and that's my opinion, how you learn, like, I'll have some people check in and they'll, you know, tell me how they had a few extra this or that during the week. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, now I can make proper adjustments and kind of teach you about the discipline side of this, because that that's the key is learning the, the mental side way before a prep. And that's another thing I, I preach about is like, I will have people work with me for an extended period of time. And until they are mentally ready, I don't even let them prep. And it's, and it's something that I've adopted over time because I used to let people prep or I used to take them on like mid prep and they would just not be in a good mental spot for what was required because they never really learned the discipline side and what it takes. So they would struggle. And now I put a big emphasis like on the off season. I'm like, all right, just remember in prep, like this is a hundred percent. You need to get prepared for that. You won't be able to do things like this. You won't be able to skip that cardio day because somebody else is not skipping that cardio day. They're eating all their meals. They aren't having a snack. It's just, it's realizing and learning what the lifestyle requires. And I think it's a lot more than some people think. Like, I think they get into this because of like social media these days. And they're like, mm -hmm. it's a very glamorous looking. And I'm like, uh, if you want to win, it's not, it's not as easy as you think. No, no. Yeah. And it's not even easy. Like even for, even for me, right. Who's been in like off seasons or growing phases now for four years. It's not easy doing that. 
right? Because, mm-hmm. well, like last year, well, actually last year I did nine, I did nine months of dieting. Like I did nine, like I dropped 40 pounds over nine months. I think I took like three free meals and I kind of treated it like my prep because I've been doing this. I was doing it now for so long and I was like, okay, I'm not actually going to prep, but I'm going to treat this like, like I'm doing a prep because I want to put myself in that mental space to see how long I can actually push it. And that's actually where Mark and I were, we got near the end and like things were getting down. Like, right. I was, I was like 160 pounds and I was eating like 18, 1900 cal, 1800 calories on my rest day or something like that. And like 2100 on my training day. So it's kind of getting down there for where I was right from where I started at like 4,000 calories yeah. prepared. So it's like, it's a very big difference. And I was like, let's push it. I was like the last few weeks I really wanted to push it. So he sucked me down a little bit further calorically just cause I wanted to see how far mentally I could go before having to oh, tap cool. out. I'm like, yeah. okay. Nine months is right around that window of like, all right, we're good. It's <laughs> like, let's not diet for any more than nine months if we don't have to, right? Um, but that's like, that's exactly how people need to do it. So I think there's there's points of time to where you get tested. And I think you should challenge your coach to try to test that, that mm-hmm. mental space too, if you wanna get to where you wanna get to. Because people know if they're, if they're pushing hard enough. Like oh, yeah. every single person, I truly know if they look in the mirror, knows, knows, they know, they know if they're giving it every single thing. And like you said, it's a choice, right? The people who are in prep are making choices to put themselves like ahead or not. Like we don't make the choice over how much sleep you get or what you even do, right? We give you, we tailor like your nightly routine. We're like, Hey, you should add this in so you get better sleep. And they're like, ah. They implement it for like three days and they're like, wow, I feel so much better. And then they stop it. Right. And you're like, yep. well, why did you stop? You're like, and then you just like stall your own progress. Cause you're stressing out at night, trying to go to bed instead of doing what you could have done before. And so like, yeah. that's always like the point of emphasis. I always like to make to my athletes. And I posted about it today. I'm like, you know what you should be doing to get better. I was like, you know, exactly where in the program you can mm-hmm. be getting, you can be doing better. And I, and I ask them that question because I want to see what their response is back. And then it's normally like three things. I'm like, yep. okay, now it's these three things, stuff. see what happens. Yeah, it's always simple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, majority of the time, like I'm in adjustments, so I'm not often changing food or, you know, training or anything. I'm like, you need to hit your reps better. You need to drink more water. You need to drink less caffeine. Um, you need to have a better routine with your schedule and you need to make this more consistent. It's simple stuff like that that I think people forget. They they think they need to add these super big protocols and do all this extra stuff when in reality it's like, hey, you need to stop having a glass of bourbon or wine every night. Like, <laughs> and it, it's it's lifestyle changes. And you'd be surprised at how many little things can be fixed before you need to even make an adjustment. I've had I've had times where I tell people I'm like you're literally shooting yourself in the foot because you will not drink at least a gallon of water a day like you're you're only drinking a half gallon and you're intaking all this food it's not going to be good on your digestion you know when you're 200 pounds so a lot of the simple stuff is key and then I think it has a lot to play with environment man like you said you moved from Virginia to close to where uh, Mark lives and you you guys have a community going there. It's kind of how we are in Lexington too, you know, in Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of supports each other. And we, we range from States to like Kentucky, Tennessee, 
Indiana, we got a lot of Texas, California, but everybody kind of just communicates and talks and pushes each other. And that, that's, I think, the biggest thing that can help if you're going into a prep is get to know other people that are doing the same thing as you. Because if you're hanging out with only your friends that go out to the clubs or go out to the bars and you're trying to do a bodybuilding prep and you've got any type of FOMO, you're screwed. I, you're like, you're not going to succeed if you're staying up till 3 a.m. Even if you're, you know, not eating off plan or you're only drinking sugar-free energy drinks, you're staying up till 3 a.m. and you're hanging out with that crowd, you're not going to have a successful prep. Oh, no. You won't have a successful anything. Try putting on muscle no. tissue. Try, try dieting. Like, nothing. Like, environment literally is, like, environment is everything. I'm oh, like, absolutely. that includes... That includes everything from not just where you train. It's like, what is your job? It's like, how, where's your friends mm -hmm. at? Like, it's like where you live. Like, all these things count as environment. And I see so yep. many people, like, honestly, a simple change that I've seen some, some people make, and this goes along with kind of like my brand of becoming the best version of yourself, is I've, I've seen, like, athletes start to change their body. And within that, they start to realize, like, the job that they're in fucking sucks. And mm -hmm. it does nothing for them, right? And they're like, well, why am I doing this, right? And they go out and they end up like rising up to the occasion getting a better job because yeah. they're like something that fits that they actually like to do, right? And then that just trails their, trails their pro progressions more and more and more. And like people don't understand that so much. It's so hard because people think it's like woo-woo, I guess, to kind of be yeah. like that because it's like it's unexplainable unless you've yeah. been through it. Right to where you have that community now, because when you don't have it, you you just realize that extra notch is not being dialed, and then yeah. it's just like you change gyms. Like even even I moved initially from PA where I live down to Virginia, and I remember Mark and I went through. We literally did seven months or six six months or something of no no changes, whatsoever. Yeah. My body just got better because of the gym environment that I was in and where I was at and now like living on my own and having that freedom. And so yep. it was like my body just kept responding due to that. So there's all these little nuances too that are that are simple. But you're right, like something like a water intake is so mm -hmm. it's normally the first thing I ever get if I ask that question to someone. It's always water intake. They're like, ah, I could be better with my water. And then, like, oh. they, they develop a plan themselves. They're like, I'm going to go out and get, like, one of those jugs. They're like, I'm going to go out and get one of those jugs that has, like, the ounces counter on it so I can see yeah. how much I'm drinking throughout the day so I actually know. And I'm like, see, so you, you can develop a plan on your own. I just kind of give you the – I'm just going to push you <laughs> to kind of do it. And so it's like that's where we come in, right? It's normally just these small little, like, adjustments to things that, mm -hmm. really, that really make coaching very special yet very simplistic and i think we've been caught up and obviously there's been a lot of talk around this lately and we don't need to kind of touch on this there's always been a talk about like what's the best route of action what do people need to do like gut health and all these things and like i think you need to be well versed in it all as a coach yeah. but i think so many people try to go to that that protocol first without sure. even addressing anything of someone anything no, of someone's man. lifestyle and it's like I, I've I've said this because like I'm I don't I do I do think some people do need a gut health protocol, but I have found I have never struggled to get somebody in shape as long as they do what I say, and that that is facts. You know, it's often 
I'm fixing a lifestyle change where, you know, they were used to drinking a glass of wine every night or they would snack on things or they would sub their meal out for fast food twice or three times a week. And I'm like, they're just not getting results because they're not buying in. And some people do need it, but I'm also a big fan of doing everything else first. Like I see how much water they're drinking. I personally drink two gallons of water a day all year round and I have no digestion issues. Um, right. I've done that with a lot of my athletes and they have no digestion issues. I choose my veggie choices very wisely. That's one thing I look at. And for some people, they'll tell me they're eating broccoli and I will not have them eat broccoli and I will be very specific with their veggie choices. And that sometimes is the digestion issue <laughs> or it comes down to caffeine intake. You know, I'll ask them how much caffeine they're having a day and it ends up being two bangs, two coffees and a pre-workout. And I lower that down <laughs> yeah. to three milligrams or less and that fixes a lot of the issues they thought they had. It's literally just simple lifestyle stuff for, I'd say majority of people. I will say that I do send people to other coaches sometimes if I think there's a further issue. Um, but yep. majority of the time, it's me fixing something very simple. And um, I do think, because I was around whenever the functional health and all that really became a big thing. It kind of grew rapidly. And I was one of the people that was kind of like, I don't want to really get into that because I think it's going to go towards a route where you're kind of stepping on the toes of a doctor or a dietitian. Mm -hmm. So I actually became friends with a lot of dietitians and PAs that I would send people to, which would do things correctly. But I feel like a lot of people found the, the functional health thing is kind of like a, a money grab. They were yeah. like, Oh, this is a perfect thing for me to get into because it brings me in more clients and I can get more money and I can charge them this. And it came to a lot of people telling, coming to me afterwards after getting no results. And they were told that they had something wrong with them when in reality they just needed a better plan and less restriction. <laughs> and it, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I've had people that, were, that yeah. were sick lose 40 pounds by just, you know, switching to me and doing things in a simpler way. I think I, I think it comes down to obviously, like you said, it's like the strategy that we put in place for the athlete. I think yep. that's where people are very non they're not cognizant over what the athlete actually needs in general. Mm -hmm. Right. Like someone like I had like I had a female come to me recently. She came to me a month ago. We literally just got her onto like four meals a day. Like just like, hey, let's just yeah. eat four whole meals a day. Let's just get your steps. And you know what? She trains hard. She trains really mm -hmm. hard, but she's like a lifestyle person. So I don't like push it too hard. She gets a free meal each week. And she's dropped like yeah. 12 pounds in, in that yep. time frame. And it's just like, how do you do it? And then it's just like, I've made it the least restrictive plan, the most flexible plan possible. I just give her a simple like, food list of like all these protein sources, carb sources, yeah. fruits, veggies, and things that are more so like approved that will work better for her digestively because she came to me with digestive issues. You just kind of tailor it to that yeah. and have them like make their own meals out of that. Like she doesn't even track macros for her, no. which is like a really weird thing as like a coach to kind of do. You're like, yeah. do I feel like a coach not giving someone macros, but it's like, nah, you're coaching someone to what they need. And you're trying to not make it, especially for someone who's a lifestyle person, do they really even need to do that? No. That's they're dropping weight. <laughs> you know what they're doing. You know that they're yeah. eating enough to continue to drop weight at a good rate to what their body is. And if you tell them, you're yeah. just like, 
hey, let's start eating more and start to plug in more food to make sure that they are doing it right. So yeah. it's like these subtle things where I'll be like, hey, have protein, veggie, fruit, and fat with this meal. And then like to add them more food, you just go, hey, add in actual like rice or potato. Mm -hmm. And there you go. And it's like naturally calories will go up without needing to track food. And I think so many people need to get so attentive to detail or be so yeah. dialed in. Like I said, that they forget that it's just what can make the athlete's life the simplest thing possible. Well, th because that's what a lot of people those, think about. Those restrictions add in stress. Yeah. Like everybody's starting in a different way and like in a different area. Mm -hmm. And more or less of what I take now is a lot of people that want to get into competing or they just want to look like a fitness yep. model. I've got a lot of people that are like attorneys or business owners that just want to look their best. And, you know, they they like what I put on a plan because I'm I do more meal plans. I list macros per meal, but most Same. people just follow Same. exactly what I say because I make it kind of interesting. Like my meals aren't just all chicken and rice. It's you know a lot of actual stuff where they're like, oh, I look forward to that. Um, but you know what? Yep. Like you said, you got you've got women starting with you in a very very new area where less routine is actually easier. You're like, okay, well you have this list of foods. Try doing this. And I always tell people, they're like, I'm like, there's a different coach for everybody to start with. Yes. I'm often who some people come to after going to a different coach for sometimes one or two years. And they're like, hey, I really want to get into competing. I know about food now. I know what it does. I'm ready to go and take the next steps. And that's kind of like where I've fallen into place. But I actually send a lot of people because I get, God, I get like sometimes 50 to 60 inquiries a week. And I can't take them all. So I literally have a list of coaches that I've mentored or I know, and I'm like, Hey, go to this person. They're a good place to start. Um, you know, I have my assistant coaches. I've got my wife who coaches athletes and I'm just like, this would be a better option for you because people need different setups based on where they're at in life. Sometimes it can't be super restrictive. Sometimes like the routine is actually what they need. You know, they need to be more strict. Yep. Some people are like, I need to start off in a spot where I am at currently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, is like you start someone there and then they end up just like developing a meal plan themselves. And it's like they just find what they like and they stick to that anyway. Like, ah, I like my yep. turkey, bacon, eggs and oatmeal in the morning mm -hmm. with a little bit of fruit. And I'm like, cool, stick to that. Yeah. I'm like, if you enjoy that stick to it. And if you get sick of the fruit, then you have a list of fruits to kind of just swap out. Like that's what I do with meal plans too. It's just like, I give a meal yeah. plan and I have like food swaps, like how much the, how much those things would be in other fruits or things like that. So people can go ahead and do that. Um, because I think that that helps, but most, most of this, most of my bodybuilders are filled with are just meal plan based because it's Dude, just I, eventually food gets so high that you, that it's just like, you don't want to think about what you're putting in, bro. You're like, oh, I got to eat 130 grams of carbs with this meal. Yeah, no. If I have somebody in prep or in bodybuilding, I'm like, I'm big on digestion and making sure I know how all foods work with them before Same. I put them in something. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, myself, dude, I've ate the same exact meals every single day, just in different amounts for like, you know, the past four or five years. Um, there was a period of time before I like I did macros for a little while and I just I didn't like it. I was too free because I know too much about food. And that's my issue. Like I know what I can get away with it's way too much that it was like 
almost exhausting. Yeah. I was like, I need to be in routine because I'm like, oh, well, I know I can throw this all together and that fits what I, what I need for this meal. And it was like complex stuff I was putting together. And I remember I talked to my wife one day and this is, this is four years ago almost. And I was like, I need to get back with somebody and I need to just be told what to do so I can take care of everybody else. Because like yeah. now I take on like 140 plus clients at a time and I don't want to think about anything I have to do at all, ever. And so <laughs> yeah. that's much easier for me because I'm just like, all right, I know what I eat every single day at the exact same times. I, I cook that up with how I like it and then I'm good to go. And I think that that's the best way for preps too because then you know how your body responds to every food. The only issues I've had with people in preps is whenever they try to start doing macros and they'll start adding, you know, creamers or, you know, sugar-free stuff into their macros. And then I'm like, why are you always bloated all the time? Or like, then they're like starting to have digestion issues. And I'm like, I wonder why. Well, it's, you're trying to throw in, you know, a, a protein bar and replacement of your chicken. And it's, it just doesn't work well, in my opinion. I find artificial, not going to lie, this is one thing that I find. I find that artificial sweeteners for a lot of people never actually work. I've no. taken them out. I've taken them out of a lot of people's programs in yep. general. And it's just like even myself going through this gut health phase right now, I can't have any artificials. I can't, I haven't done any sauces or anything like that. I've just done like wow. salt and pepper and cinnamon on everything. And it's just like my stomach's the flattest it's ever been. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not sneaking in like a Diet Coke every day or like all these sugar-free sauces or anything that might have like ingredients that you actually don't know that your body doesn't respond well to. It's just because oh, that's yeah. like normal. Stuff. Normal. Yeah. It's normal for them, right? To feel that way. So they don't yeah. know that it's like, ah, it's not bad. And then like, like even for myself going through it, I was like, I didn't realize how like distended my body, my, my stomach would get like throughout the day until yeah. i got into like week four of this and my stomach throughout the day even with eating is it's almost like basically flat and it's mm -hmm. like and like obviously my food's pretty low now because it's like well carbs are pretty low because i had can't eat it but it's like it's it's outside of that it's the choices that that go with it right it's yep. it's those things so like i'll pull those out of people's programs and they'll re then they'll respond like they're all of a sudden their midsections just get ridiculously tight and you're, yeah, like, you're like, how much were you actually using of this to, to see, right? Oh, it's, it's even in contest preps too, man. I have people that are, you know, I pull them based on how their gut is. Um, some people I pull them three days out from show. Some people I just need to pull them one day out while I fill them out. And there's some people I pull them, you know, two to four weeks out or even further because they don't respond mm -hmm. well to them. And it's a case-by-case -case basis. And it's something I'll look at like, I have some that their digestion is perfect with them, but I will still pull them on the Friday before show and that's it. And that's all they need. And they're like, that makes a difference. And there's some people where I've noticed where yep. they have issues with gut distension where I will pull them seven days out and that's what it takes to get them completely, you know, able to control their abs on stage. So this is stuff like I'm looking at as a coach and kind of seeing how people's bodies respond to things like that. Um, it's funny, I have a lot of people in prep send me pictures post-workout or an hour and a half after a meal 
on, you know, four or five, six weeks out just to see how they're looking and how their abs are looking on transitions so I can make that call later down the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I will literally, like, I now now I'm having my second athlete prep this year, so that's really yeah. exciting. So she's actually coming up to come visit here within the next few weeks. Um, and I'm like, man, I'm excited because I haven't seen her in, like, forever and she looks mm-hmm. great, and I'm like, awesome. I mean, we have we started out, and preps have to go pretty long. They're not like short things either, especially for if no. you want to get in shape. They're not a short thing for most people. For most people, mm-hmm. you want to get in shape. It's still going to be a 24 plus week kind of ordeal. Like, yep. like that's like that's like a good start point for me because I like to take it longer for most people because most people can't handle that that quick drop. They they think they can, their bodies can. Like, unless you know how your body is or you've done this multiple times and you're like, ah, a seven, like a, like a 12 week prep is what I need. No, you don't. You probably need a 24 plus week prep to really kind of get into the shape and give your coach enough time to actually learn the body to refeed it enough. I'm like in 12 weeks, I could get you down 30 pounds. If I really wanted to, I could get you down 30 pounds and you, you, it would suck. Absolutely suck. You could be a little less miserable doing it the longer prep but having enough time to have those refeeds and things to push the body to where it needs to get to and being able to see that. So like I'm in the same boat with you, like some people for artificials, like I'll pull them out. I'll pull them out like eight weeks out for some people. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, this is where we're at. I'm like, you are just going to have to do what you got to do. I was just like, I know how your body responds. I know what's stressing you out. And it's like, that's stressing you out. So, so it's all these little things like for digestion, that most people just get off. Like so many people just get off and they don't understand it until maybe they do need that, that gut health kind of phase where you do limit what they're mm-hmm. actually intaking for a little bit of time to reset that gut, right? And that's my, that might be all it takes to truly be honest. Just, hey, go through a period. And this is why I tell some people when they come to me. I'm like, hey, let's go through a period of like restricting what foods you have and what we're using on our foods and things like that for like a two month gap. Let's yep. see what happens if we do that and see how your body responds. Because yeah. I bet I can get your body responding and then we can reintroduce foods back in and your body will yep. respond way better to those. Like, I think so many people just like don't want to go through the different phases too of things they, or, they don't or even acknowledge that they, do, that they do need to go through that. Yeah, exactly, right? Because they think automatically that that restriction means that they can't eat their food or they're not going to enjoy it. I'm like, you don't know how to cook correctly. <laughs> I was like, you need to know how to cook correctly if you want to if you want to enjoy your food, to truly be honest. Yeah, I think one thing you said that I, I found most important is the, the long prep. Um, that's one thing I've preached about mm-hmm. for years because, you know, I see so many people that are trying to do like 12-week preps or they – they come to me with these unrealistic timelines. They're like, hey man, how much would it be for a 16 week prep or 12 week prep? And I know nothing about them at all. And like, I use myself as an example. I worked with, like I work with Andrew Vu. That's who mentors me. That's who I yep. learned from. I chose to go to him because you know, he's coaching Olympian athletes and that's what I wanna do. And I keep building myself up through that. But you know, whenever I started with him, one of the questions was, what are your goals? And I was like, do what you say for as long as you say until I can win. <laughs> and that's exactly what my goal was. I didn't, I didn't put a timeline on anything. I didn't, you know, ever ask, can I compete? And what's funny is my wife is she's a pro figure athlete. And, um, 
so she gets everything about prep, which is nice, and she's very knowledgeable. She's actually smarter than me. She has her master's in exercise science. She just doesn't know she's smarter than me. But um, <laughs> it's funny because she was prepping from, you know, end of Christmas till June, and it was May, and I, I had just basically done my off-season with her in a prep format. Like, I, I didn't go out to do anything. We didn't go out to eat. I ate all my regular, you know, bulking meals. I trained. We, we get, uh, she would have a free meal every now and then and I'd go eat exactly what she ate. And I grew the best I've ever grown. But then I started my prep at like 24 weeks out. Cause Vu was like, Hey man, like go and pick a show in October. And I was like surprised. I didn't even plan on competing this year. And I was like, okay. So I talked to my wife, picked a show and uh, picked one at the end of September in, in Daytona and one in October in Kentucky. And I, I started prepping and, but it was a 24 week process, even for me, for somebody that's competed for eight years. So I see people that it's their first prep and they want to do this short, quick prep. And I'm like, I don't even know you, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how you respond to anything. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what foods you can eat. I don't even know if you know how to do a squat correctly. Like there's no way I'm going to prep you like, no. And using myself as an example and being like, hey, listen, like I did over four years of work away from the stage. That's what it took me to look where I'm at today, where people are like, oh, shit, you actually look good. And I'm like, yeah, because I did what I was supposed to do away from competing. And it, it takes a while. I, I somehow I sometimes have people and I told them like, hey, you might we'll, we'll go reassess and see if you compete this year. And I'll be like, I think you need more time. And they'll be upset with me at first and you know, we'll take six more months. We'll start their prep. They go in there and they win an overall and they're like, okay, I get what you mean now. I'm glad I did what you said. And I'm like, my, my goal is to win. I don't want to go in there and have you have a bad experience for your first prep or even like your second prep, or if you're trying to go pro, I want to be, I, I would like somebody to tell me like, Hey, you need to take more time rather than them just be like, yeah, to go and take your money and put you on stage for no reason at all. Yeah. So kind of getting into that. Um, so you did finally prep this year. What was like, what was the big learning, learning like thing that you found about yourself during this prep? Oh, dude, so much, honestly. It's crazy because like, I know you haven't completely prepped yet, but you, you learn something each time. And, um, the biggest thing difference I had in this prep compared to my last one is environment. And I always, I speak a lot about that now because of that, like my wife's a pro, um, all the guys I train with are national level or pros or want to be pros. Um, that that's a big difference. Like we're all pushing each other. We all have one goal in mind, but I think a, a big thing I learned from this is like, First off, who really supports me was one of them. You know, at the Kentucky show, I think I had over like 150 people there just like cheering me on. I stepped out on stage, bro, and it was like I could feel it shake. And I'd never felt something like that before. I was like, oh, that's really <laughs> cool. Like, you know, People actually care and came out here to support me. So that was a big like eye-opening experience for me. But mostly the reason I prepped this time was to – relate with my athletes. 
um, once again. I feel like as a coach, that's a very important thing if you put people on stage because you can't make people suffer and never have suffered yourself. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. I, I always tell people, like, if you're going to coach people to go on stage, you need to have at least competed yourself eventually or plan to, you know. I won't lie and be like, I didn't coach somebody to stage before I competed. I actually had two before I competed myself that let me put them on stage. But I realized a lot of more about how to relate to my people, how to talk them through those tough moments, the mental ones that come up, you know, three to five weeks out or one week before stage to kind of remind them how to get through it because I had to do it myself. Um, and I wanted to prove to people too that you can do this no matter what you're doing. I traveled out of the 24 weeks I prepped, I traveled, I think, 18 of them. I was in California. I was in Pennsylvania <laughs> twice. I was in Indiana. I was, you know, everywhere. And I had to bring my meals with me. Yeah. If you if you saw me at Universe, I was carrying around bags of cold chicken backstage and white rice cakes. And that's what I was eating. With like I was just carrying around my hands, throwing in my mouth like beef jerky, and I would get it done. <laughs> and my, my my athletes would still win. But there was like there's really no excuses on anything. That's that's really what I I learned. There's no excuses. Everything can be done. You just gotta want it bad enough. And I wanted to prove that to people. And I think that's that's the main reason I did this again was to, you know, prove to everybody that it can be done under any circumstances. Because I see people quit for the smallest reasons. You know, it'll be like my girlfriend broke up with me or, <laughs> um, you know, like it'll be like I, I fell off one time. So I need to quit. I'm like, no, you need to just get it together mentally. That's that's the biggest thing. Or I have a trip to go on. I got I can't prep. I'm like. Why not? <laughs> oh, it's like if someone so 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 when you're like 100% about your goal, right? And it's a choice yeah. here and kind of bringing it back to what we talked about earlier. Um, I was talking with one of my athletes before and they were talking about like their travel, right? And they were like, yeah, bringing food with me is my goal. And I'm like, well, that that should be that should be like a non-negotiable, right? It's like you're 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 in prep. Or you're like you're like you're in that phase, right? That's like a non-negotiable. It shouldn't be a try. It's a you'll do. <laughs> it's like it's just like that's gonna be a necessity no matter where you go. Like no matter how much you travel, no matter what it is, it's like you yeah. want to prep. This is how long it's gonna take, and you're in it. So this is like not. It's not even like you have a choice. But obviously, it's like hey, you can decide or you don't, and we'll see if you're really ready to prep through it. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's. That's where people go off, right? As they, as they think some things are like optional, right? For you, it wasn't optional. No matter what, you were getting up, doing your cardio, traveling. Yep. Sleep was still probably shit while traveling. And it's just like, well, you got to do what you got to do. And you're going to have to suck it up eating low food traveling, which is not great either. Um, I've done that once and it was miserable experience. So it's just oh, like, it's never, it's, never, it's never like anything is optional. There's no optional. It's like you got to be prepared for those yep, circumstances to do. Exactly. It, it's funny. Because I think that's I'll what you're people, showing. Yeah. I'll have people, man, even like general nutrition people that want to get results. And, you know, 
I'm a little bit more honest than most people, but I'm like, they'll be like, hey, I, I fly this week to such and such, and what, what should I do about my meals? And I'm like, pack them. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> like you can eat the same meals. You can take them to PSA. They're not going to take them from you. It, it's as long as they're all solid meals, you'll, you'll be fine. But I have some, and, and, and they've admitted to me, they were like, I just asked that question because I wanted you to give me an easier option. And I'm like, your option's already easy. What do you mean? <laughs> it, it's some chicken and rice. Yeah. You just put it in a bowl. And you, you know, put in Tupperware and you take a fork and you, you go on the plane and you pull it out and you eat it. Like, there, there's no difference. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Then they do it and they successfully do it for the weekend. And they're like, I'm so glad and proud of myself that I just did that. And I'm like, that's all you had to do. It wasn't, you know, a difficult thing. It's just people want it, it brings me It brings me back to the same thing. It's, it brings me back to the same thing of you know what you should do, right? Someone came to me yeah. yesterday and they're like, I don't know if I can hit this near as consistent as you would like because I'm going to be traveling all week. And I'm like, well, here's what you do. I was like, if you're living out of a hotel with just a fridge, I was like, you don't really have a microwave. So kind of have to work around that. I was yeah. like, you know, you do you pack some whey isolate, you get some tuna packets, and you go and get some deli turkey. Okay, that's your mm -hmm. protein sources for the week. And it's like, get your get those... You can literally just get rice cakes as your carbs and then just use your fridge space for fruits and some veggies. You can have those. You don't need to cook it. You don't need to cook any of it. There you go. And go get a tub of coconut oil. I was like, yep. Instacart it to your hotel room. I was like, so it's yep. there and you have it. I'm like, that's how you can do it. If you don't want to bring your food with you or you don't have a microwave with you, I'm like, there you go. And they're like, huh. That's pretty easy. I didn't like think I was like, yeah, that's the plan. I was just like, just do that. And you're you're on the plan, like, as as much yeah. as you can be. You're I was like, you know, it's close pretty easy to follow it like that. Yeah. yeah, people are just like, they don't yeah. think about that. They don't think of how easy that is to do that. They're like, how do you how do you do that? Even when I would travel, I would still order something like a mega fit meal or something. Or yeah. it's like so it's easy nowadays to hit things or have there's always like a Walmart. There's always some sort of place to where you can get those things. You can uh, pack protein powder. That's what I always tell yeah. people. I'm like, number one thing you should package is protein powder. They're going to look in your bag. If you go through check-in, I remember that story trying to go to Vegas last year for the oh, Olympia. Yeah. And they spent like 10 minutes looking at my protein powder, thinking that it was thinking that it was drugs. And I was like, do I look like someone? Well, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> so I was just like, I didn't have a beard at that point. Like I literally had like, I literally had like no facial hair. I was like, I look like I'm 12. Do I, do I seem like someone who would be carrying that in my bag? And it's like, but it's so easy for people to do it. So before we kind of head off here, kind of want to talk about just like your verse, your, how your reverse is going. Um, yeah. and like what that's been like, especially with like the breathing, I kind of want you to touch on that real quick yeah. over what you're doing so, for that and why you're doing that, because I think that that's an yeah. important thing for you and your physique that I think a lot of people might benefit from. Yeah. So, I mean, the reverse so far is going extremely well. Um, I'm honestly doing everything I can to do this as perfectly as I can to give real life information on what I've done to successfully do it. And because uh, I've had a lot of clients, man, and they sh struggle with the reverse diet. Uh, anybody that's came out of a show that's actually been like stage lean condition knows like your leptin ghrelin levels are just all over the place. So it's you, you will be hungry all the time and you don't need to eat. Like I could probably still eat six meals at once if I wanted to right now. 
but <laughs> discipline is kind of the key. Um, I'd say it's been almost five weeks now, and I'd say I've been about 95% through it. So, you know, I have had some meals where I've had to go to dinners or meetings, um, events. Like we had, me and my wife had our anniversary. Of course, I'm not going to not have a meal with her for that. I've uh, been to a wedding, um, been to a Halloween party, stuff like that. And, you know, some of these things I bring my meals to. And then some of them I'm like, you know what? I'm going to order something. And I've been about 95%. I think that this week I'll be up about... What is that? What is it? I was 176 for check-ins to make middleweight. And um, I'll be up, I think, about 188 on Thursday this week. Yeah. So it's like 12 pounds, 12 pounds in five weeks, which to me is pretty good. I try not – I see people and they're like, I'm only up two pounds in five weeks. I'm like, you need to eat more food. Like, you should not be trying to restrict your weight gain. <laughs> like I feel good. That's the thing is like I, my training's phenomenal. My hormones are back in a good spot. I have so much energy. I, I love just everything about life right now. It's great. But um, on top of that, the breathing, I think that is very important because I've actually gotten a lot of my athletes on that as well. So I hired uh, Karina Anji, which um, she is actually the breathing coach for people like uh, Natalia Coelho, um, Giselle Machado, Francielli Matos, um, quite a few classic physique guys that are from Brazil. She's actually, she's from Brazil herself. So what that's doing for me is helping me control my waist and make sure that I can control my abs on stage a lot better because that is one thing where like, I have to really work on to throw my best ab thigh. Um, to make sure my abs are really controlled. And, and it's something I need to work on to make my physique complete. So the tighter my waist is, as I keep growing more muscle tissue, the more aesthetic I'm gonna look. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people skip that. Like I'm training abs every other day. Um, I do two, two exercises every other day. I hit them just like I would hit, you know, back or chest. Like I'm really squeezing. I'm making sure I'm really perfecting the form with those. And then I do my breathing exercises every single morning. It takes me about six to seven minutes. And I do it um, after cardio or before cardio. And it's just part of my routine now. And a lot of it is just, um, like I'll talk a little bit about it because I think it is important. So right now what I do is I lay on the ground and I will do three mm -hmm. rounds of me vacuuming and then massaging my diaphragm. So it actually hurts like hell but it releases yeah. a lot of that <laughs> tissue in there. And I've noticed a huge difference from that. So from there, I do three rounds where I lay on the floor with my hands to the side, my knees up so my feet are flat on the floor. And I do three rounds of vacuums where I try to hold as long as I can. Then I do it with my hands up, I do three rounds, once again, vacuums, holding as long as I can. So okay. my vacuum continues to get deeper. I get more control with my abs and I work on my diaphragm breathing rather than breathing through my stomach. So that's a lot of, I see a lot of bodybuilders do that. And that was me included, you know, like you let your stomach relax a lot when you're just day-to-day -day progression. So your posture, um, it's improving my posture. It's improved my digestion. Um, I don't have any back pain anymore when I lift. I'm more cognizant of my breathing during training. So, so many benefits to it. <laughs> There's a list of other benefits, but it, it's a uh, hypo-oppressive breathing. Um, 
go and research it. A lot of the top Olympians do do it. So I think it is kind of something worth it if you really want to get into the sport. If anybody wants to message me, I've sent quite a few different pros and people that needed their, her contact info and they've signed up. So I'm sure she's, she's getting a ton of different people right now, but, um, it's been worth it for me. Um, like I yeah. say, I, I see a lot of people on stage and I'm like, man, if they would just control their transitions, including myself, they would be such a much better bodybuilder. And I'm like, why not work on that? I've got, I'm going to try for nationals probably in 2025, two years of doing that. Who knows what will happen? You know, it's an easy, it's an easy fix, right? That's something that's like yeah. an easy thing for people to actually like six to seven, like six to seven minutes a day do this yeah. and then folk and like do your, do your exercises. Right. And I yep. think that's where people get lackadaisical is always on the ab exercise. They're like, abs are built in the kitchen. And I'm like, nah, you got to build them now. I was like, you got to build them. <laughs> um, so we're kind of nearing the end here before we leave. I have one more question. So the, the whole podcast is called the noble pursuit because the most noble mm -hmm. pursuit in life is to become the best version of yourself possible. What is one thing that people could do? today to become the best version of themselves possible? Um, hmm. I would say compliment somebody else at the gym. You don't know how far that goes um, because that honestly makes you a better person, opens up more networks for you, makes more people excited and in getting into fitness. Um, and I think that's, that's one of my overall goals is I want to make sure I become a better person by complimenting other people, supporting other people, no matter what they're doing in the fitness industry because we can't grow the fitness industry without a po positive atmosphere. So that's been kind of my goal for the entire year so far is, you know, producing quality athletes, complimenting others that are producing quality athletes, supporting other coaches, supporting other people in the industry by, you know, being a good person to them. So I think that's one of what I would say would be the best route there for being a noble person. Awesome. So before you leave, where can people find you? If they want to reach out to you for anything, any questions, uh, just chat with you or apply for coaching, anything like that. So my Instagram is Tyler underscore Bedson. Um, and then I do have a athlete page, which is at built by Bedson, which is our business or built by .com, which is our website. So, um, of course we are on a wait list for clients right now until November 27th and December 4th. We, we leave for vacation on Friday. So I've just closed down to make sure I can get an actual break. It's our first break of the year. We, we've both been in smart thing. That's a smart thing. <laughs> yeah, man. So as people, if, as you know, as a coach, man, it's kind of hard to take a break. Uh, we work pretty much 24 seven year round. So yeah, but I do have a wait list going. Anybody ever has any questions about anything I talked about? I'm, I mean, Anthony knows this. I answer pretty much everybody <laughs> as quickly as possible. And I'm always yeah. open to talk and chat. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, I, I love doing this. I love other people that do this. So I think it's always fun to just kind of network and communicate and, you know, throw around different ideas or just talk. So if you ever have any questions, I'm always open. Awesome. If you guys did enjoy this episode, Tyler and I would greatly appreciate it if you guys tag us on your Instagram story, share that you guys are listening to this episode. Um, if you do want to go support me and the podcast, you can go over to morphogennutrition.com, use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements there. Go follow Tyler 
on Instagram. Go subscribe to the podcast. Most of all, you can go find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube as well. Um, So hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you just took another step forward to becoming the best version of yourself possible. Catch you guys on the next one.